Blog Talk Radio. another episode of the Gluten-Free Voice. I'm Jules, and I'm happy to be joined today by a lovely lady named Karen Broussard, who is the publisher of the Gluten-Free Travel blog. Karen and I know each other because we sort of run in the same geographic gluten-free blogger fears, I guess. We're, we're kind of close to each other, um, geographically speaking. So I hear a lot about what is going on in her world, which is pretty darn exciting. And I thought, you know, right on the beginnings of what people are going to be planning for their summer travel season, it would be great to have Karen on to share some of her tidbits and little tips about the best ways to travel gluten-free safely, but also, you know, on a budget and also, you know, tastily. I've taken many a trip where I was relegated to eating, you know, gluten-free protein bars that I packed with me for like a week, and that's not as much fun as it might sound like, um, which doesn't sound like that much fun. So I'm going to be turning over the reins to Karen to really give us some of her top tidbits. So thanks, Karen, so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on the Gluten-Free Voice, Jules. I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, I want to just to clarify. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, just, well, I, I was going to say, just to clarify, um, we have a website called Gluten-Free Travel Site, as well as the Gluten-Free Travel Blog, and then we also have an app called Dine Gluten-Free, which is a free mobile app available for both iOS and Android. So I publish all three of those different products, um, and we initially launched the site, the gluten-free travel site, back in 2008. So I've been doing this for a while now. And you anticipated my question, which was, tell me how on earth you got started. Where did it start, and um, where has it led to you, you know, to this point? It's you started in 2008, I assume, with with the blog at that point, and um, went, you know, built on it from there because there's obviously quite a demand um, growing every day. So just tell us a little bit about how you first got into this. Well, actually, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. I think we all have an interesting story to mm-hmm. tell, all of us in the gluten-free community. And our family story began back in 2005 with my two-year-old son, or not even quite two-year-old son, getting diagnosed with celiac. And this was back when people had never heard of celiac disease. They hadn't ter- heard the term gluten-free. We certainly hadn't. Um, our doctor had never diagnosed anyone. Our pediatrician had never diagnosed anyone with celiac. Uh, but what happened was our son had a uh, stomach bug that was going around the neighborhood with the little kids, a rotavirus, and that was his trigger. As we all know, you typically need a trigger, physical or emotional, um, some sort of stressor that sets celiac in motion, and that was Ryan's. And he wasn't even quite two at the time. And what seemed like an eternity for us, it was about a month where he had symptoms. He just never quite got over that stomach virus. And what seemed like an eternity for us with him losing weight and being irritable and just not himself, um, 
was really only about four weeks, but when you're that young and you lose 10% of your body weight, it's very serious and it gets attention. And so he was fortunately diagnosed pretty quickly. And um, from then it was pretty easy to get up the learning curve in terms of cooking gluten-free at home. Um, I know my way around the kitchen. You know, I, I tend to cook a lot of family meals as it is or as it was. And um, I've always been a label reader, a healthy eater, someone who has shopped at Whole Foods for 20 years, you know, back when they first started and has always tried to eat natural foods. Um, So, you know, I felt pretty comfortable with having to read labels. I mean, obviously there is a learning curve. And for the first few weeks, you know, I was doing nothing but reading up on celiac and and what foods Ryan could eat and what he couldn't eat and how we were going to tackle this as a family. Were we going to go completely gluten-free? So, you know, I'm not saying it was easy, but I was pretty comfortable in that sort of environment um, learning how to cook in a slightly different way. What we found to be challenging, and of course this was nine plus years ago, was dining out and the little bit of travel we did at the time. And my husband and I loved to travel and we looked forward to the day when both of our boys, you know, got a little bit older and we'd be doing more of that. And we thought, well, how on earth are we going to, you know, travel domestically or overseas or on a cruise ship, take trips, you know, with family, with friends, and what is he going to eat? So that was the challenge. And um, it was actually on a trip to the Caribbean when we were staying at uh, the Beaches Resort in the Turks and Caicos that I had first had the idea for the website. So the website actually came first, gluten-free travel site. And after that experience of spending a week at this resort, you know, we actually had a pretty good experience with the chefs. Um, trying to accommodate us. But again, this was now back in, I guess, 2000. He was diagnosed in 2005. This was a couple years later. We had taken our first big trip. Um, Actually, our first trip was Disney, and that even back then was pretty easy. But when we went to the Caribbean, it was a little more challenging. And at the end of the trip, I found myself thinking, I would really like to share what I learned at this resort with the greater gluten-free community. And wouldn't it be great if there was a website where people could share their travel experiences and their dining experiences? Because back then, all there were were message boards. So someone might, you know, give some advice, but then it would be lost forever. It wasn't a searchable database. Right. So what I wanted to do was launch a website where we encourage people to submit reviews of either restaurants, bakeries, markets, hotels, resorts, cruises, and the information would stay there and be searchable by location. So if you were looking to plan a trip, either domestically or overseas, you could come onto our website, search that location, and find peer feedback. Um, so that's, that's what I did back in 2008. And, um, you know, clearly we, we've had um, a, a wonderful growth in awareness about celiac and gluten sensitivity since that time. Um, Everyone's aware of just, you know, how this industry has grown. Um, Gluten-free and celiac disease are now household terms. Um, And with that come new challenges about dining out because clearly there are restaurants that don't fully understand 
how to safely prepare a gluten-free meal. They are labeling things on menus or claiming they know how to prepare a gluten-free meal more because they see it as a business opportunity, as a way to bring people in the door. But unfortunately, sometimes they, they aren't well-trained and people can yep. get sick. So I think we've all probably Indeed. encountered that once or twice or heard mm-hmm. stories. Um, yeah. So that's, again, where our site comes in. You know, even with some of the chains that are very well-known for their gluten-free awareness, you might hit one particular location that just doesn't seem quite right, whereas, you know, a lot of their other locations are very well-trained and aware. So um, this is where our site comes in handy, and people can go on and submit reviews and share their own personal experience. Yeah, that's one of the things that I, I like most, I think, about your site is that it actually does have the opportunity for people you know, to come in and share their experiences, good or bad. I mean, we all right. benefit from that information. There's only so many restaurants you personally can eat at, right, Karen? <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Gotta, I mean, I this can't. This yeah. expands your network. Yes, I would love to review every every restaurant out there. But, no, we rely on, on the gluten-free community, and I think peer reviews tend to be so valuable. Um, and nothing appears on our site unless it has been reviewed. So it's not a directory where we populate the site with names and addresses of places we've heard are gluten-free or that offer a gluten-free menu. A place has to be reviewed. Uh, someone has to submit a review for it before it will appear on our site. And going back to what you said, absolutely, we encourage negative reviews as well because that is that can be just as helpful as a positive review, telling someone where they should avoid going so they can avoid getting sick um, and not just where, where they might want to consider going. Right. Yeah, and I like that there's search functions on there, um, on your site too, that you can you know, look geographically, or um, you know, if you're looking to travel to a certain area. And I assume, and I'm not familiar with your app yet, but I assume that that works the same way. Yes, it does. And actually, we just completed an update of our app about two days ago. So um, there are some new features on there, and um, it's just organized a little bit differently. But essentially, it has all the same functionality as our website. You can search by geographic area to pull up uh, names of restaurants and other businesses and then click through to read the reviews. Um, and we make it easy. You can either search by town or zip code. Let's say you're looking for some place in the U.S. Or if you want to broaden your search to a wider geographic region, like a province in Canada or a region of the world or, let's say, all of Australia, you can do that, too, by searching under the uh, Outside U.S. tab on the app. So the, mm-hmm. the app has most of the functionality of the website. However, our website is full of so many other uh, additional resources for, to help people make um, dining out and travel easier. And those, we don't, ha- we don't necessarily have all of those on our app. For example, we have a resources tab on our website, which has sort of subchapters like trip planning, where we list a mm-hmm. lot of travel specialists that specialize in gluten-free trip planning. Um, and we have all sorts of other resources about camps, for example, that accommodate yeah. gluten-free kids. I definitely um, wanted to point that out because that's, that's super helpful this time of year. 
Yes, and at this point, most camps are booked up, but it's never too early to start looking for next year because these camps are popular. They're very so popular, yeah. A, yeah, if you have a child or grandchild who's interested in attending a gluten-free camp or you think it might be good for them, I would highly recommend it. Our own son, Ryan, um, when he was old enough to start attending one of these camps, we sent him to Camp Celiac, which is in Rhode Island, and it was actually the first camp of its kind. It's sort of the original celiac camp, and it was started, I think, about 15 years ago at this point, and they initially pulled people from all around the country um, and even overseas. People would come to this camp because it was really the only one out there, mm-hmm. and now I think we're fortunate enough that in most regions of the U.S., there have been camps that have sprung up that either have dedicated gluten-free weeks or they can accommodate gluten-free campers any time during the summer. Um, but, you know, back 15 years ago. Kids. Yeah, just being with other kids that are like them, you know, like, oh, there's, we don't have to question whether we can eat this or not. And it just takes that whole layer of stress off of them, and they can have a normal camp experience. It's just it's fantastic. I love reporting back on new camps when they open up because there are, like you said, a lot now that are regional, so people don't have to travel from all over the world to get to Rhode Island, for example. Right, exactly, because it's not convenient for everyone, and it's nice to see that there are over a dozen camps now that do this, and it really is just so heartwarming. I've actually volunteered at this camp um, for the past three summers, and we'll be doing it again this August, and so I'm what they call a parent counselor. They have the camp counselors that plan the programs, but then they have parent counselors whose kids attend the camp. And we just um, were assigned to a group of kids for the week, and we help shepherd them around from activity to activity, make sure the kids aren't homesick, um, sort of act as their, you know, parent away from home. So I've been there the past three years with Ryan, um, albeit in a different group than he's in, which is good for both of us. But it's just given me really a neat perspective. Um, And for me to be able to see my child in an environment where he never has to worry about the food and all of a sudden is surrounded by kids who've gone through all the same things he's gone through, it's, it's really wonderful. So if you do have the opportunity to do this, everyone listening out there, um, I, would, I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I'm just cruising around your site. I want to make sure everybody knows that um, the URL is glutenfreetravelsite.com, and you can find out more yeah. information about the summer camps there, about the restaurant reviews, about um, you know, cruises and colleges and even churches, which I think is, is great as well. Um, right. But I, I um, have to point out, I guess it's just so funny to me what a small, small world this is. I read your review a few days ago about your visit to Vienna, West Virginia, which, as you mentioned, that you know you absolutely re- rely upon other people to put their reviews up. But once in a while, they are actually your reviews, and you went to actually, Vienna, no, this West one Virginia. wasn't mine. This one was from a, another user. We select oh, one good, each I was month. Like, I'm so yeah. What on earth were you doing? <laughs> Vienna, West I have to just ask. Actually, I do have a friend that grew up in that area, so that was kind of funny. But, no, each month we have a contest on our site, 
um, where we select one particularly helpful or well-written review. And typically it's from an area that's a little more populated, but I just this, this particular review really grabbed me, and I, mm-hmm. I wanted to feature it. But we try to each month select a review from a different area, and sometimes they're restaurants, sometimes they're cruise reviews, sometimes it's a review of like an all-inclusive resort in Mexico. And um, the winning reviewer who gets their review showcased on that page of our site gets a prize, usually a restaurant gift card or merchandise or, you know, something that we're giving away at the time. Mm-hmm. So oh, definitely great. encourage well, I, people to I was submit dying reviews. to know <laughs> how, you, how it happened that you were passing through Vienna, West Virginia, because I actually – my parents grew up there, and so I've spent oh. an inordinate amount of time in Vienna, West Virginia, but I've never been to this particular restaurant because I'm oh, not sure wow. that it was around the last time I was there, so okay. um, it, just, it was just such a small, small world. So yeah, there are yeah. reviews from all over the place, people. You can go on yeah. there and find just about anything, which is great. And it's really neat when we receive reviews from dedicated gluten-free bakeries in the middle of nowhere, let's say in the mm-hmm. Midwest, like in the middle of Iowa. Or I remember years ago there was one submitted for a dedicated gluten-free bakery in the Yukon Territory in Canada. And that was just so interesting to see. So I, I want people to realize that, you know, again, our mission with this website and app and blog is to take the worry out of dining out and traveling. And you'd be surprised. It's not just cities like New York or Washington, D.C. or San Francisco or L.A. where you can find um, great gluten-free businesses or options at at, uh, restaurants. It's really anywhere. And it's really anywhere where the need springs up. And a lot of the independent restaurants and bakeries out there are often started by people who are directly affected by celiac, either they Mm -hmm. or a child. Um, is gluten sensitive or celiac, and that's what prompts them to open a restaurant or a bakery. So, um, you had mentioned yeah, something. Huh? You had mentioned something uh, just a minute ago that I wanted to make sure to get in here. The uh, we have a section of our site too, gluten free uh, college reviews, and this is a section of our site devoted to. Uh, reviews of dining services on college campuses. So we encourage gluten-free college students to submit reviews of the experience at their own colleges and what it's like to be gluten-free there and how many options there are. Um, Because I think that's really something that I see a growing need for within this community is, um, you know, an emphasis on getting the word out about those colleges and universities that do understand the gluten-free diet and are able to offer a nice wide range of safe options. Yeah, and I'm glad you pointed that out because I definitely wanted to circle back to that um, before we finished up the the show because um, I actually just returned from Lawrence, Kansas, where I was training the dining services at KU. And okay. I, trained, oh, um, I don't know, over 100 people there in okay. the dining services at KU. And I have to tell you, I mean, you know, obviously the training program that I was, um, that I was using was very comprehensive. It was through um, a company called Menu Trinfo, and then it's called Aller Train, and it's a fantastic program. They actually have one that's specifically for universities. Um, and so, that, you know, everyone learned a lot. But I was so impressed even arriving at um, KU and seeing what was already in place 
there. Right. And I think, you know, obviously after the Leslie University decision, everyone's really snapping into shape. At least they, they yes. ought to be. But, um, you know, I was really impressed. They have um, at KU in the dining halls, they, they have a special area called um, KU Zone, and it's K and then Y-O-U Zone, and it's a completely oh. gluten-free area. And, you know, they have, you know, buns and pizzas and, you know, fresh-made foods and things like that as well. But then right. they had another area that was vegan, and a lot of the vegan products were um, actually gluten-free as well. And, you know, you could sample from those things or take something from one section and go to another place and top it. So you could get a gluten-free pizza crust from the KU zone and then take it over to the pizza topping area and they would handle it appropriately, and they would top it with whatever you want, and then you can take it back to the KU zone and put it in the oven. And, I mean, so okay. that was already there. It was fantastic. I was thinking, you know, my goodness, this would be amazing for someone in college, you know, especially, you know, your first time on your own, and now you have to find all this gluten-free food. And they had really done a nice job already of making it um, – a good and, and safe place to be, and, and of course it'll be even better after the training. But um, I was thrilled to see that they were doing such a good job. So we'll have to add that KU there on this website. Yeah, I don't see it up on your list. Definitely. Well, and again, it it means um, having one of their gluten free students submit a review yeah. from their perspective. So definitely, if you can help spread the word on that within your your contact your network sure. there, that would be great. Um, because, you know, I look at my own son who's about to turn 11, and I realize that college is still a way off, but we do still have a lot of a, a lot of progress to make within this area, I think, and I think the ruling at Leslie University did help push people forward. Um, but, you know, really what I want for our son and what I think every parent of a gluten-free child wants for their own child is for them to be able to choose a college based on other criteria other than where can, where am I going to be able to eat. You don't mm-hmm. want your child to have to eliminate their first or second choice college because they just don't get the gluten-free diet. So right. that's really um, my hope is that by the time Ryan gets to be the age where he's applying to colleges, it really won't be a factor anymore, that really anywhere he goes, they will be able to provide a nice range of, of healthy options, safe options, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, anyway, I, you I want to talk fantastic. about summer travel. So yeah, um, I do. I want to circle I, I back don't to summer travel. Get through the whole thing and not even talk about summer <laughs> travel. I mean, I mean, obviously, there's cruises, there's Disney, there are things that we all have heard um, or even yeah. experienced for ourselves where it's it's much much easier to find gluten-free food in certain environments like that. But what's, what's something else? What's a surprise type of vacation that a person could take and, um, and actually maybe really score well in um, finding some great gluten-free options? Well, I guess I would probably just stress the variety of options at your disposal, whether you're a city person, a cruise person, someone looking for an exotic European destination, whether you're a skier, and obviously not so much in the summer, but if you're looking, as many people are, at already planning for the holidays or winter travel, there are so many different options. And again, this was not the case even just five years ago. But just to summarize uh, some of the top choices, every year on our website we have a contest where we select what we call the world's most celiac-friendly destination. And it's not terribly scientific, but it's based on the number of reviews we receive for each of the destinations on our site. 
And in past years, several of the big cities have, um, have, have won that distinction. And so I would say if you're a city person and are looking for a reason to visit a city you have not been to before, a couple of the top choices where you will have no problem whatsoever dining are New York City, the Washington, D.C. metro area, two great places for, with lots of museums and things to do with kids, without kids. You know, these have wide appeal. You will not be bored in these cities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and again, if you're on a budget or if you want to do luxury travel or anything in between, there's such a wide variety of choices with hotels. Um, other top cities include Philadelphia. They have a lot of restaurants that have been trained by the National Foundation for Celiac Awareness and their Great Kitchens program. So, gosh, there are just dozens of restaurants right within Philadelphia where you can get a fantastic and very safe gluten-free meal. Um, Other winners in the past have been Florida, largely the Orlando area around Disney and including Disney. That's always a top destination. And then um, California, I would say equally weighted between northern and southern. They're both, you know, very gluten-free friendly areas, whether it's San Francisco or the L.A., San Diego areas. But um, getting sort of outside the U.S., um, I would say cruises are fast becoming what I would probably call the most gluten-free friendly travel option. And it varies a little between the different cruise lines. But, again, we have a page on our site under the search reviews tab, um, you can find, we have a whole page devoted to cruises with information about all the top cruise lines, their gluten-free policies, as well as links to a sampling of reviews that have come in to our website for all the different cruise lines. Um, And, you know, it varies a little bit ship to ship. People have had great experiences on a cruise line, and then maybe you have one group that didn't have such a great experience. So it's not a slam dunk, but I would say it's getting to be one of the most reliable types of trips to plan. Um, There are certain European destinations like England and Italy that are very gluten-free aware and gluten-free friendly. And again, under the resources tab on our site, we have a trip planning section that can help you with that. Um, A lot of gluten-free specialists we recommend. And there's even a fantastic dedicated gluten-free bed and breakfast in Napa Valley called the Inn on Randolph, which is owned by someone diagnosed with, I can't remember if it's celiac or gluten sensitivity, but it's an entirely dedicated gluten-free B&B, and it's now rated number one on TripAdvisor out of all the B&Bs in Napa. Um, Wow. And it just so happens to be (laughs) gluten-free. Yeah, so whatever, you know, that's a great... Great time to visit Napa is during the summer and early fall during the harvest season. So whether you're looking for something quiet like that or a cruise ship where you're constantly going and you don't sleep, you know, there's there's just so many options now. Um, But I would just encourage people to, you know, the key is planning, doing research, doing research on sites like ours, using gluten-free travel specialists at your disposal, Um, calling places ahead of time and having detailed conversations with the executive chef or manager, whether it's a restaurant, a resort, a cruise ship. Speak to someone as high up as you can um, to make sure that your gluten-free concerns are noted and that there will be a wide variety of food. 
Um, and, of course, yeah. you can always bring some, depending on the type of trip you're taking, you can always bring some of your own food as well, snacks and backup emergency supplies right. of things. And I think breakfast is honestly the easiest meal to, to plan for. I mean, you could obviously you know, you yes. get eggs and things like that out. But I always travel with instant oats, certified gluten-free instant oats, because even in a hotel room I can just boil water in the coffee maker and add it to the instant oats, and I've got a full breakfast that will hold me for hours. Absolutely. And yes. you know, it's little things like that that are not expensive, but at least you know you've got a backup plan, like you said, and there are things that you can do that um, – will ensure that you're getting your nutrition for the day and you won't have to make the focus of your vacation trying to find a place to eat. And that's where I think, like you said, um, if you do your homework in advance, if that's possible, it's not a surprise type of of last-minute trip, then you will have a a full listing of lots of different options in most of these places and you'll be able to focus on what you're going on vacation for, which is, you know, the museums or the, you know, the skiing or whatever it is. Right. And make the the dining the secondary piece. Yes, and I would say, too, that even people that aren't on special diets don't typically want to be locked into dining out every meal of the day on a vacation. Mm-hmm. So, it, and especially if you have kids and it gets expensive or you're just, you don't want to be sitting out three meals a day with your kids in a restaurant. They get fidgety, yeah. they just don't have the patience, and it's not all about the food. So in that case, you really might want to, if you're going to the beach or you're going on a ski vacation, you might want to look at renting a condo with a full kitchen because it gives you the flexibility. And I know we've done this. We've done it a couple times on ski trips. And it's just been so much more, um, you know, family-friendly, and it, it gives us the flexibility and ability to prepare some of our own meals. Um, yeah. So as long as there's markets around there that have gluten-free, friendly food, you should be in good shape. Well, thank you. With that, Karen, we're going to have to cut it off. I don't want to cut you off in mid-sentence, but I did want to make sure that I got in a thank you for your time and for sharing and for all of your efforts with your websites and the app, which I'm totally going to go download right now, so I have it on my phone for my next travel experience. But thank you again for your dedication and for all that you've done to help us broaden our horizons. Thank you so much, Jules. It's been a a great half hour, and uh, we look forward to lots of new visitors to our website. Thanks so much. Great. Take care, Karen. Bye-bye.